ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋ ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ನಮ ಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಳಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಳಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಸಮಾಧಿ Samadhi absorption with the Vikalpa, with this awareness of the, the distinction of the duality. Yes, Samadhi Tataha, and from there, Samadhi Tataha, Yes, Samadhi Nirodhakyaha, Saha Anayasena Labhite. And that Savikalpa Samadhi, Samadhi slowly and without any great effort, results into the Nirodha or the Nirodhakalpa Samadhi. the author says that it is nirguna pasanam the meditation upon nirguna brahma results first into saguna into the savikalpa samadhi and then into the nirvikalpa samadhi and what happens in nirodha nirodha pumsantah asangam vastu shishyate and when this nirvikalpa samadhi is going antah then the antah within himself asangam vastu shishyate that chaitanya with the consciousness, asangam, the unattached, that consciousness, that's all that remains. When the distinction of the knower and the known and all those, those distinctions have gone away, then all that remains is the self, kutastha chaitanya, this awareness, which is kutastha, changeless awareness, witness, that alone, our sister remains. Punakpunarvasitesmin, and thus, when this state is repeated again and again, ವಾಕ್ಯಾತ್ ಜಾಯತ ತತ್ವಿ ದೆನ್ ಒನ್ ಕಮ್ಸ್ ಟು ಸೀ ದಟ್ ದಟ್ ಅವೇರ್ನೆಸ್ ಚೇಂಜ್ಲೆಸ್ ವಿಚ್ ಇಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ರಿಮೇನ್ಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಡಿಸಿಬಲ್ ಸಬ್ಸ್ಟೈಟಮ್ ಲವ್ ದ ಡಿಸ್ಟಿಂಕ್ಷನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೋಸ್ ವಾಟ್ ರಿಮೇನ್ಸ್ ಏಜ್ ಇನ್ ದೀಸ್ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದಸ್ ದಟ್ ಪರೋಕ್ಷ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಆಫ್ ಇನ್ಡೈರೆಕ್ಟ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ವಿಚ್ ವಾಸ್ ದೇರ್ ವಿಚ್ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ವೆರಿ ಬೇಸಿಸ್ ಫಾರ್ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಷನ್ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ನಿರ್ಗುಣ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ದಟ್ ಗೆಟ್ಸ್ ಕನ್ವರ್ಟ್ ಇನ್ ಟು ವಾಟ್ ವಿ ಕಾಲ್ ದಿ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಆಫ್ ಅಹಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ಅಹಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮಾಸ್ಮಿ ಏನಾಕಾರ ಜ್ಞಾನಂ ಜಾಯತ ದಿಸ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಅಹಂ ಬ್ರಹ್ಮ ದಿಸ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಆಫ್ ದಟ್ ಫಾರ್ಮ್ ಅರೈಸಸ್ ನಿರ್ವಿಕಾರ ಸಂಗನಿತ್ಯ ಸ್ವಪ್ರಕಾಶೈಕರೂಪೂರ್ಣತಃ ಬುದ್ಧೈ ಝಡಿತ ಶಾಸ್ತ್ರೋಕ್ತ ಆರೋಹಂತ ವಿವಾದತಿವಾದತಿಔಟ್ ಎನಿ ಡೌಟ್ ಆಲ್ ದೋಸ್ ಮೀನಿಂಗ್ ಸ್ಟೇಟ್ಮೆಂಟ್ ಸ್ಕ್ರಿಪ್ಟರ್ಸ್ ನಿರ್ವಿಕಾರ ದ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಇಸ್ ನಿರ್ವಿಕಾರ ಇಸ್ ಫ್ರೀ ಫಾರ್ ಮಾಡಿಫಿಕೇಶನ್ ಅಸಂ
Nitya, it is changeless. Suprakasa, self-effulgent. Eka, one, puna, complete or whole or boundless. The self is such, all these words. Ojbuddhi, buddhav, jhadvi, arohanti. The meaning of these words in, strikes in the mind. So all these words then make sense and that is how the knowledge which was paroksha or indirect becomes the direct or immediate knowledge. In short, according to this, even the nirguna pasana or meditation upon nirguna brahma culminates into the knowledge of self being brahma. <coughs> and this is what he quotes here in Upanishad called the Amrut Bindu Upanishad. Yoga Abhyasas Tvetadartaha Amrut Bindu and thus, the Amruta Bindu Upanishad says, Yoga Abhyasaha, that one should practice this yoga, meaning Nirodha, meaning the focus or concentration of the mind, until all the vrittis or all the distinctions have emerged, and then that results into the knowledge. Of course, it is not merely the practice of concentration of the mind, the paroksha jnanam or indirect knowledge is there. So one has a general understanding the self is Brahman. And what it is, is something that becomes evident when, as a result of the practice of nirguna upasana, then one attains that nirvikalpaka samadhi, then what was understood generally becomes clearly known. <coughs> and therefore, so that is the nirguna, if possible, then that should be the priority. As compared to other things, Tirthayatra japadinam yokuryatam Rather than spending time in other means, other spiritual practices such as pilgrimage and worship and rituals and even japa and all of these, as compared to all those forms of spiritual practices, it is better that one pays, one focuses the attention or, or concentrations energies into the practice of the meditation on Nirvana Brahma. <coughs> Okay, the discussion is now continued from verse 131. When it is said that you should, you should practice the meditation of our Nirguna Brahma, giving up other spiritual practices, then someone asks the question that if you even do the meditation on Nirguna Brahma, giving up the vichara or inquiry, then also the same thing. Really, the best thing to do is Atma-vichara. In giving the Atma-vichara or inquiry upon the self, and you perform this meditation, then also you are giving up the superior and adopting an inferior. So the same thing, it was said that it is like giving up the, the butter from your hand and then licking the hand and seeing that that is what would amount to. So giving up this exalted means such as nirguna-pasana, meditation on nirguna-brahma, giving that up, and doing other lower forms of practices would be like giving up the sweet from the hand and licking the hand. Then the person says that, well, if you give the vichara, which is the most superior means, and then take up even the meditation on Nirguna Brahma, that also is giving up that and, and licking your palm. Isn't that so? Nanu atma tattva vicharam parityajya Give up the vichara or inquiry on atma tattva Nirguna pasanam kurvatamapi and those who are pursuing the upasana or meditation upon Nirguna Brahma, 
I am Mahasaman. The very same rule also will apply that they are also giving up the sweet and licking their hand. Because Asanka, Asanka, Angi Karo, the author says yes, that is true. And that is being said in verse 131. Bādham tasmād vichārasya, bādham tasmād vichārasya, asambhave yoga īritaha, asambhave yoga īritaha. Upāsakānāmadhi evam vichāratyāgato yadi. Yadi, if you have this question, that vichāratyāgataha, for the one who gives up the vichāra, ātma vichāra, or an inquiry into the nature of the self, and upasakanam and instead focuses one's attention on the meditation upon Nirguna Brahma, then also he is giving up the superior. It's like this. The two things are available to you. That you can take the express route and you can take also the local route, let us say. And then you give up that express route and go to local route, which is all these traffic lights and all kinds of things. So, so who will do that? So, Somebody will do that. Who will do that? One who has difficulty on, dri- on driving, difficulty in driving on the express route. There the minimum speed is 40 miles an hour. So suppose there is someone whose vehicle is not able to drive a 40 miles an hour. Or there is someone who does not have control of the vehicle beyond 40 miles an hour. For that person perhaps even this route which is slower and with traffic lights and so forth also may be preferable. And so, depending upon your preparation or depending upon your preparedness. In fact, no spiritual practice is superior to other spiritual practice, really. For everyone, a given practice is most appropriate. So, one chooses the thing that is most appropriate for oneself. Otherwise, everyone would want to have moksha, nothing less than that. But one has to start from where one is. And therefore, so where, depend on where you are. So to reach a destination, if you happen to be right near the highway, you take the highway. Happen to be far on that highway, then you have to take a local route before you go to the highway. So see how people commute in, in New York area. That from their home, they drive up to a bus stop or a train station. Train station then, they take a train to New York City. From there, they take a subway. At the end of the survey, they again walk to their work. This is a typical thing. That you take from your home in New Jersey, you drive to the train station, then train takes you to New York City Port Authority. Again from there you take a subway to the, you know, downtown, and from there again you come out and walk to your office. Now how, which, which is the best for you? Is walking the best for you, or taking subway train the best for you, or taking that the commuter train the best for you or taking or driving best for you, depends on where you are. And so if you are if you are far away, then you have to drive, then train, and then subway, and then walk. If you are near the train station, you don't have to drive. Then train, subway, and walk. If you live in the city itself, you don't even have to take the train. Subway and walk. If you happen to live near your place of work, just walk. So which is the best means? Depends on where you are, how far you are from your destination. And therefore, in reaching destination, several steps may be involved. 
As I said, in reaching critical destination in New York City, you may have to drive from your home to the train station, take the train to the city, or authority, from there take a subway, and from there you walk to your work. All these steps will be required for a person who lives far away in New Jersey. All the steps will now be required for a person who lives closer. And the one who lives near the place of work just has to walk. Suppose you happen to live in the same building where your office is, you don't even have to walk. And suppose you happen to live in the office itself, even that is also possible in India, it happens sometimes. <laughs> the office also is used as a place, you know, by, by some people who don't have a home or what it is. Then no traveling is involved. So how long should you travel? And what means should you adopt for traveling? Depends upon where you start. Depends upon where you are located. And so which spiritual practice is best for you? Depends upon where you start. Depends upon one state of mind. Each step is a preparation for the next step. While learning bicycle, for example, in the beginning the person doesn't know, he cannot maintain the balance on bicycle. So he requires four friends, you know, to hold him and push him. And he falls down several times, and you know, and afterwards, slowly and slowly, he gains the balance. And then he's able to drive, you know, by himself, holding this governor with two hands and whatever. And slowly he gets more and more facility. And he will drive more and more with ease. And then he doesn't have that kind of, you know, doesn't have to make that effort. So as you gain that balance, your effort becomes less and less. Then you may not even have to hold the bicycle governor by two hands. One hand also will be enough. So the, I remember that when learning bicycle, in the beginning you are so scared that you hold like this, you know, don't look anywhere and, and look straight. Slowly as you attain that balance, then you are able to look around and, you know, at ease you are able to go. Then later on, with one hand you can control your balance, in other hand you have something, you know. So you go to the vegetable market and fetch the vegetables which you are carrying in one hand, with one hand you have the bicycle governor and easily you are able to ride. You talk to your friends and all kinds of things they do. So as you gain a further and further balance and abundance and steadiness, the effort is less and less and less. And ultimately you may not even have to, you know, some people drive with both the hands free, you know, they are able to maintain that balance. See in the circus, a tricycle, a bicycle, and then a cycle with one wheel. So as you acquire the balance, you gain more and more facility, more and more abidance. It is just like that. So how much abiding your mind is? How much focus the mind is? How much centered it is upon the self? And accordingly, there will be a practice which is most suitable. If choice is there, then of course the choice is given. If you have a choice to perform meditation upon Nirguna Brahma, and you are still, you are also in a mind where you can perform the Atma Vichara, then definitely perform Vichara. But if that is not so, then the best is meditation on Nirguna Brahma. If you don't have that steadiness of mind, meditation upon Saguna Brahma. If that also you do not have, then repeating Japa. If that is also not there, then ritual. If that is also not there, then Homa. If that is also not there, then pilgrimage and stuff like that. So depending upon the disposition of mind, the frame of mind, the preparedness of the mind, a given spiritual practice is the best. But where choice is available, what choice to make is what is being stated here. 
ఉపాసకానాప్యం విచార త్యాగతోషన్ Well, if you say that Atma-vichara or inquiry upon the self is what is always preferable, then what is the place for meditation upon Nirguna-Brahma? Why do you have written a whole chapter about meditation upon Nirguna-Brahma? Says, Tasmad-vichara-sya-asambhave-yoga-hiritaha. Well, vichara-sya-asambhave, if one is not able to perform the vichara, One doesn't possess a kind of mind which is required for vichara or inquiry upon the self. Then, yoga iritaha. Then, this meditation upon Niruna Brahma is what is being said. Yasmat uttanyaya prasangha tasmat vichara sambhaya yoga upasanam uttam ityasaha. So, vichara or inquiry requires a certain kind of mind. And if one doesn't have that mind, then definitely one should go in for this meditation. If one has that mind, definitely vishara is the most exalted or the very best thing to do. If that's not possible, then nirguna upasana. That is not possible, sarguna upasana and so on and so forth. Why is it so? Why would it be that one is not able to perform this vishara? Vishara asambhave karam aha. So this is the reason. Why would one not be able to do vishara? So in the verse 132. బహువ్యాకులచిత్తానాకులచిత్తానాకులచిత్తానాకులచిత్తానాకులచిత్తానాకులచిత్తానాకులచిత్తానాకులచిత్తానాకులచిత్తానాకులచిత్తానాకులచ
is not able to remain, you know, the attention span, the mind is not able to focus. Uh, it doesn't have that kind of an intelligent, it doesn't have that kind of a uh, uh, discipline or the stamina, the kind of stamina that you require to keep your mind on the, on the, on the essence, on the truth of, or on the meaning of what is being said then that mind is not able to gain the knowledge in spite of performing the vichara. Yataha vichara unasambhavadi, ataha yogaha kartavyaha. And since the vichara is not possible for that mind, therefore yoga or the meditation is, is to be done. That's what the second line says, yoga mukhyas tadas tesham. Tesham, for this people, yogaha mukhyaha. Yoga meaning here, the meditation upon nirvana brahman, Mukhya. Then for them that is a very that is the best. So for those who are not prepared for vichara, for them the meditation is the best. Why do you say mukhyatve karnamaha? Why do you say that this meditation on Nirguna Brahma is best for them? Dhidarapas Tiranashadi. Teni Yogyanayato Dhidarbahanashadi. Ato Mukhyaikara. Because when you then that that person is able to concentrate the mind. Even though that mind is not able to grasp the meaning, that mind is able to concentrate on a given thing. That kind of a concentration is there. Then that is there, then yoga is the very best. Even if that is not there, then Sarguna Brahma. If that is also not there, then of course you have to go down the ladder. Depending upon what is the kind of mind or what is the disposition or state of mind. But when you concentrate your mind upon Nirguna Brahma or upon anything, Dhidarpaha Tiranashadi, that buddhi pramada, dhidarpaha, that distraction of the mind, or the indifference of the mind, or that uh, the lack of stamina of the mind, slowly and slowly, nashadi, the mind becomes more and more trained, it becomes more and more focused, becomes more and more single-pointed. And that's what yoga, or meditation, or concentration upon a given object does. <coughs> Evam Vyakalu Chittanam Yogasya Mukhyatum Abhidaya Taddhahitanam Vicharahayo Mukhyatyaha Thus having said that Vyakalu Chittanam For those who do not, who have, whose mind is somewhat distracted Say that for them the meditation is the best Taddhahitanam But those who don't have the difficulty Vicharahayo Mukhyatyaha For them Vichara or inquiry is the best That is said in the verse 133 Avyakulabhyam moha, avyakulabhyam moha, matrena chaditatmanam, matrena chaditatmanam, sankhyanama vicharasyad, sankhyanama vicharasyad, mukhya jhatiti siddhidaha, mukhya jhatiti siddhidaha. Avyakulabhyam Mohamatrena Achadhitatmanam. So, Those people whose buddhi or the mind, intellect is not vyakulam. Intellect is not distracted. Those whose intellect is able to focus his attention on discerning, in, in understanding, in seeing the meaning of these statements of scriptures. So those who are prepared with what we call sukshu buddhi or the subtle intellect, 
एन एकाग्र बुद्धि सिंगल पॉइंटेड इंटरलैक्ट दृश्यते प्रग्रया बुद्धिया सूक्ष्मया सूक्ष्मदर्शी भी कठोपनिषद हु कैन सी दि सेल्फ अग्रया बुद्धिया वन बुद्धि द माइंड इज अग्र मीनिंग एकाग्र सिंगल पॉइंटेड सूक्ष्मया एंड दैट विच इज सेटल सेटल मीन दैट इज एबल टू ग्रास द मीनिंग एंड सिंगल पॉइंटेड मीनिंग दैट इज एबल टू फोकस इज अटेंशन फॉर अ पीरियड ऑफ टाइम तत्वदर्शी भी दोज who are capable of seeing the truth they definitely see the self and so for those people mohamatrena achadidatmana those whose mind is merely achadida veil by moha or delusion or aviveka so those for whom the only obstacle is aviveka non discrimination which is the immediate product of ignorance so those who are that only one obstacle aviveka or non discrimination for them this viveka or discrimination becomes a means So, vichara or inquiry is the discrimination between the self and the non-self. So that mind which is able to discern that distinction, and that is able to gain the knowledge by the vichara. So those people whose mind is prepared, and the only obstacle is the moha or aviveka, that confusion rather or superimposition of the self and the non-self, the mutual superimposition. That's the only obstacle. For them, the vichara or the inquiry upon the self results into the dispelling of the aviveka or moha. That's how the knowledge arises. For them, sankhyanama vichara syat mukhya. For such people, what is also known as sankhya in Bhagavad Gita, the second chapter is called sankhya yoga. Second chapter of Bhagavad Gita is called sankhya yoga. Even though the word Sankhya is more famous as a school of thought, which was established by a sage called Kapila Muni. So there was a sage Kapila. He is the one who is credited with uh, with this school of thought known as Sankhya. However, in Bhagavad Gita, when the word Sankhya is used, it is used in the sense of the self knowledge. सम्यख्यायते अनयादि संख्या, सो संख्या मीन्स उपनिषद एंड दैट विच इज एक्सपाउंडेड बाय उपनिषद इसको सांख्य और आत्मतत्व इन दैट सेंस भगवदगीता यूजेज अवर सांख्य इन द सेंस ऑफ नॉलेज द सेल्फ नॉट इन द सेंस ऑफ द फिलोसॉफी और स्कूल ऑफ थॉट कॉल सांख्य संख्य नामा विचार In Bhagavad Gita, the word Sankhya there means Vicharaha, Atma, Anatma, Vivekaha. That is what is done in the second chapter of Gita. As we say, the second chapter of Gita is called Sankhya Yoga. And what is the principal topic that is dealt with in in the second chapter? It is the Atma, Anatma, Vivekaha. A discrimination between the self and the non-self. That's what Lord Krishna said, beginning the teaching. Natvevaham Jatunasam नत्वम नेमी जनाधिपा न चन भविष्याम सर्वे वतःपरम लॉर्ड कृष्णा सेज टू अर्जुन हे अर्जुन इट वॉज नॉट दैट आई नेवर वॉज आई ऑलवेज वॉज इट इज नॉट दैट यू नेवर वेर यू ऑलवेज वर इट इज नॉट दैट ऑल दीज पीपल हु आर हेयर ऑन द बैटल फील्ड वर नॉट दैट दे ऑलवेज वर वॉट इज इट मीन To say that it is not that I never was, meaning I always was, meaning I never was born, because 
that, that event is called birth. When a thing is not there at a given moment and comes into being at the next moment, that event is called birth. But here Lord Krishna says, it never was that, hey Arjuna, you ever came into being, or that these people ever came into being, or that I ever came into being. You never came into being, meaning you always were. And even after death of this body, which is going to happen in the battlefield, even then, it is not that we will not be, we always will be. Meaning, there is no death for you, I, or anybody. Because death is an event where a given thing exists at this moment and then goes out of existence the next moment. But I, you, and all these people, it is not that we will ever go out of existence, we will ever be. That means everyone is free from the event called birth and death, meaning the self is beyond birth and death. Right away Lord Krishna started the discrimination between the self and non-self. Then what is subject to birth? says, look here, there are two elements. Dehinosminyasadehe kaumaram yavanandira tathadehantaraprapihi so within this body, this body constantly changes. Now it is child, then it grows to the youth, then it grows to the middle age, then it grows to the old age, and then it even drops off. But while all these changes, modifications take place in the body, what happens to the embodied, the one who is embodied, meaning what happens to the self? The self ever remains the same. Because even when I grow, grow old, I remember that I was the one who was a child, and I was the one who was adolescent, or I was the one who was youth. So how that I persist in through all the stages of the body, thereby saying that it is a body that undergoes various changes, but the self ever remains changeless. And just as in this one body, the process of death and birth constantly goes on, that the child dies and the adolescent is born, that dies and the, the young is born, that dies and the middle-aged is born, and that dies and the old is born. So how one dies and the other is born? And in spite of that birth and death, the self ever remains free from birth and death. And similarly also, does not die. So a wise man or a man of discrimination does not get deluded or does not get perturbed at the drop, fall of the body, at the death of the body. So Lord Krishna pointed out that what we call I is in fact a lumping together of two aspects, the self and the non-self, of which the self is eternal. Arjuna, may you know that to be imperishable or immortal, by which this whole universe is pervaded. So self is not something that is confined to the body. It is that which pervades the whole universe and it is indestructible. And, and nobody can ever bring an end or destruction to that. Vinashastasya, the vinasha or the destruction, nobody can ever bring about. Whereas the bodies are antavanta imedehaha. And these bodies are always subject to perishing, always subject to dying, always subject to disappearing. So thus, Lord Krishna pointed out and brought home what we call this aviveka, discrimination between atma and anatma, self and non-self. This atma and anatma viveka 
or discrimination in self and non-self is called sankhya. So this teaching will go home. For to whom? For whom the only obstacle is the non-discrimination or avivega. Then if there are other obstacles, such as distraction of the mind, such as dullness of the mind, such as likes and dislikes, if all the obstacles are there, then those obstacles have first to be eliminated. And then only the final obstacle, namely aviveka or non-discrimination, will be eliminated. So, avarana, vikshepa and mala. Avarana means ignorance. Vikshepa means distraction of the mind. And mala means impurity of the mind. So, what is the impurity of the mind? The likes and dislikes. So, the impurity of the mind. What is the distraction of the mind? Mind's inability to focus. And what is avarana? The ignorance. So people for whom the only obstacle remaining is ignorance, whose mind is free essentially from mala and vikshepa, meaning impurity and distraction, for them the vichara or the atmanatma viveka, discrimination with no-self and non-self, which is called sankhya, that is the means for knowledge. <coughs> sankhya nama vicharaha, sankhya shabdavachya, tattva vicharaha mukhya. For them, is what is known as Sankhya, which is Atman, Atma, Viveka, Mukhya, that is the, the, the principal one, or for them that is the most appropriate one. Why? Jhadati Siddhidaha. Because that vichara, or that inquiry, or that discrimination, immediately gives rise to knowledge. And one sees the distinction between the self and the non-self. <coughs> so where that preparedness is there, of course, one must undertake that vichara. Only when that preparedness is not there, then alone one should take up the so-called meditation. Yoga Sankhya Yoho Uha Yoho Api Tattva Jnana Dwara Mukti Sadhanatve Gita Vakyam Pramanadi That both yoga and Sankhya. What is Sankhya? The Atma and Atma Viveka, discrimination between the self and non-self. And what is yoga? Yoga is meditation upon the, upon Nirguna Brahman. Ubhayohobi, of both of these, Tattva Jnana Dwara Mukti Sadhanatve Gita Vakim Pramanayati. A point is made here that both meditation upon this Nirguna Brahma or the Vichara, meaning the discrimination between self and non-self, both of them give rise to knowledge of the self. So not only Atmanatma Viveka, that is the discrimination of the self and non-self, that is the direct means of knowledge, but even the meditation upon Nirguna Brahma also becomes a means of knowledge. Then therefore, Tattva Jnana Dwara, by way of giving rise to Tattva Jnana or the knowledge of the self, Mukti Sadhanatve, both of them become the sadhanam or the means for moksha. Tasmin Gita Vakyam Pramanayati. And with reference to that, the author quotes here a statement from Gita in verse 134. Yat Sankhyaif Prapyate Sthanam Yat Sankhyaif Prapyate Sthanam Tadyo Gairapi Gamyade Tadyo Gairapi Gamyade Ekam Sankhyam Chayogam Chay Ekam Sankhyam Chayogam Chay Yaf Pashyati Sapashyati Yaf Pashyati Sapashyati This is the fifth chapter, the fifth verse. 
यत् सांख्य प्राप्यते स्थानम तद्योगी गम्यते लॉ कृष्णा से यथानम सांख्य ही प्राप्यते स्थानमोड ऑल अल्टीमेट गोल सांख्य ही प्राप्यते विच अटेन बाय सांख्य और दोज हु आर परसिविंग दी इन्क्वायरी और विचार अपॉन सेल्फ तद योगी अभी गम्य दे दट वेरी सेम गोल ऑफ लिबरेशन इज ऑल्सो अटेन बाय द योग इज मीनिंग दोज हु परफॉर्म मेडिटेशन अपॉन निर्गुण ब्रह्म धैर्फर एकम सांख्यम च योगम च यह पश्यति स पश्यति एंडर वन सीज इज फैक्ट That sankhya and yoga are one alone. In what sense they are one? In as much as both of them give rise to the same result. What is the result? Liberation. How? Tattva jnana dwara. By way of resulting into tattva jnana or the self-knowledge, both the sankhya or the vichara and yoga or the meditation, both of them give rise to tattva jnana and therefore become the means for moksha. In that sense, both of them are one alone. <coughs> Yaf pashyadi. One who sees this fact, Sapashadi, he only knows this rahasya or the secret of the scriptures. Yaha sankhyam cha, yogam cha, phalataha ekam pashadi. One who sees this fact that sankhya and yoga, both of them are one, phalataha with reference to the result, saha shastratham samyak pashadi. He alone properly discerns the, the uh, essence, uh, discerns the tatparya uh, or the purport of the scriptures. And what the scriptures mean to say is that both are okay. Either you take up vichara or you take up yoga or meditation, both of them give rise to the same result. Na kevalam gita avakyam. Not only that Bhagavad Gita says that kintu uttan mula bhuta shruti hai asti. Then author quotes also a statement from another Upanishad known as Shweta Shvatar Upanishad. A statement is, there is a mention of that statement here and showing that not only Bhagavad Gita says this, but even the Upanishad also says. So ultimately it is Shruti that is a Pramanam. Upanishad is a Pramanam. And so Gita, all the Smruti Granda, Smruti is a text which is composed by sages. And therefore, in as much as Bhagavad Gita is not a part of Veda, and therefore Bhagavad Gita also is considered to be a Smruti Granda, and the Smruti always must have its source in Shruti or in the Upanishad. And therefore, Shruti, Smruti, Yukti. Yukti is the reason, the Smruti statement for the Shruti, Smruti, and now the statement for the Shruti is quoted in the verse 135. Tatkaranam Sankhya Yoga Adhi Gamya mitihi shrutihi, gamya mitihi shrutihi, yastu shrute viruddhasaha, yastu shrute viruddhasaha, abhasa sankhya yoga yoho, abhasa sankhya yoga yoho. Tatkaranam sankhya yoga adhigamyam jnatvadevam machyate sarapashaihi. The Upanishad, Shweta Shwadar Upanishad says, Tatkaranam Sankhya Yoga Adhigamyam. Tatkaranam. That means that. Karanam is the cause. That cause, Sankhya Yoga Adhigamyam. Adhigamyam. Adhigamyam means known. By what? Sankhya and Yoga. 
Sankhya means inquiry, vichara, the discrimination, and yoga means this meditation. Adhigamyam, that karma, that cause can be, that means can be attained by both Sankhya and yoga. So that karanam can mean param brahma, tat karanam. That param brahma, which is the cause of the whole creation, can be known both by Sankhya as well as yoga. Or tat karanam can mean the cause for liberation, namely atma jnanam. The knowledge of the self, which is the cause or means for liberation, that can be gained both by Sankhya as well as yoga. Jnatvadevam mutyate sarvapasaihi. And therefore, either by Sankhya or by Yoga, Devam Jnatva, by knowing the Deva, knowing the Self which is self-effulgent, Smuchyade Sarvapasahi, one becomes liberated from all the Pasha or from all the bondage. So one becomes liberated from all the bondage, all the fetters, by knowing the Deva or the self-effulgent Lord, meaning Brahman or the Self, which can be known either by Sankhya or Yoga, this is what Shruti or Shweta Shweta Upanishad says. Hmm. Wait a minute, you are here saying that this Vedanta also is all right and, and Yoga also is all right and both are one, but the Yoga has and Sankhya has all kinds of problems. Because Sankhya Shastra is, is, the, is a school of thought uh, started by Kapila, sage Kapila, and Sankhya actually accepts the two realities Purusha and Prakriti. Sankhya says that the realities are true, Purusha the self, and Prakriti the non-self. So according to them, the spirit and matter both are realities, enjoying the, I mean, both are the, both are, um, enjoy, both enjoy the same degree of reality. They also say that Atma the self are many. As many living beings are there, so many souls or selves are there. So when you say that the Sankhya and Yoga and both are one, are you going to accept all these things that those people say? He says, no. We do not accept their darshanam, meaning we do not accept their perception of truth, but then we accept the methods, that's all. Nanu sankhya yoga yoho ubhayohavi tattu jnana dvara mukti sadharatvena angikare If you accept sankhya and the yoga, both of them as means for mukti or liberation, the Shastra Pradipaditanam Tattvanamabhi Svikaryatum Syat. In that case, Sankhyas have so many difficulties because they believe that Atmas are many. It is a, it is, it is a science of duality. Where there is a duality between the self and the non-self, the spirit and matter. There is duality also between one self and another self. Sankhyas do not accept even a creator, a conscious creator of the, the universe, they say that this prakriti of the pradhanam, the matter itself creates. And so, are you trying to say that all of those ideas or views are acceptable to you? Says no. Yastu shrutehe viruddha sankhya yoga yoho. In this shastra, this called sankhya and the yoga, whatever elements are there which are contrary to the Upanishad, so abhasaha. That is abhasa meaning, there is something to be discarded. So, what the Vedantins do is, whatever schools of thoughts existed were there, each one of them had a great contribution to make in the system of thought as well as in by way of various spiritual practices. And both these aspects, in the aspect of spiritual practice, sadhanam, as well as in the aspect of thought, the perception of the truth, 
all these schools had wonderful contributions to make. And there were Vedantins except those elements from all those schools of thoughts which are not, which do not contradict or which are in agreement with or which are supporting the vision of non-duality. Say that yoga and sankhya, we do not accept them in totality. We do not accept those elements or aspects which are contrary to the non-duality. But then otherwise, as far as practices are concerned, that they, those practices are acceptable. And the spiritual practices are acceptable to us. Abhasaha madhyate ityatrasa. meaning that all those elements that are contradictory, all of them are madhyate, all of them are negated or not accepted by us. <coughs> in short, in all these verses, the point that is being made is that Sankhya and Yoga both of them can become the means for tattva-jnanam or the self-knowledge. Sankhya is discriminative inquiry, discrimination between the self and non-self. And if a mind is able to do that, then that is the means that should be adopted because it is the quickest and most effective means. But if a mind is not able to do that, then what should the mind do? Well, then what should one do? One should focus that mind upon meditation upon nirguna Brahma. Because that also will give rise to knowledge. So meditation on Nirguna Brahma also gives rise to knowledge. And this vichara or the discriminative inquiry also gives rise to knowledge. And therefore, either one is okay. That is the thesis that is presented here by this author. <coughs> we would not believe that meditation will give rise to knowledge. That's not our view. Our view is that vichara or inquiry alone can give, the discrimination alone can give rise to knowledge. Yes, meditation can prepare the mind. And with that mind, when you perform the vichara, then the knowledge arises. But that, by process of meditation alone, the knowledge will arise, is not something that we accept, although this author says that, and therefore, we are reiterating what he says. But then, our view is that, it is vichara or the discriminative inquiry alone, which is the means of knowledge. And meditative practices are all useful, definitely, for preparing the mind. <coughs> and now, with reference to upasana or meditation on Nirguna Brahma, some points and questions which may arise are raised and answered. Next verse uh, deals with this question, Nanu, upasanam kurvanasya tattva jnanat prang maranesati Moksho na siddheta, idhyasa Says, well, suppose one is doing upasanam, all this meditation on Nirguna Brahma. Tattva jnanat prag marane sati. If suppose one have, before attainment of tattva, suppose one is performing this meditation intensely, but without the, without gaining that knowledge, if the meditation is not fructified into the knowledge, and suppose one happens to die, Suppose the death comes before the knowledge has taken place as a result of the effort of meditation. Then what? Moksha na Then one will not attain moksha liberation because the knowledge is the only means of liberation. And if by the meditation on Nirvana Brahma if the knowledge is not taken place and before that suppose the death comes then one will not be liberated. Ityasam This doubt is raised and it is answered. Says verse 136. 
ఉపాసనం నాపి పక్వం ఉపాసనం నాపి పక్వం ఇహయస్యపరత్రస ఇహయస్యపరత్రస మరణే బ్రహ్మలోకేవా మరణే బ్రహ్మలోకేవా తత్వం విజ్ఞాయముచ్చరే తత్వం విజ్ఞాయముచ్చరే ఉపాసనం నాపి పక్వం ఇహ here i have means here in this life yasya upasanam nadipakvam in this life one for whom is upasana or meditation is not pakvam is not ripen is not fructified meaning that meditation is not resulted into generating the knowledge paratra sah marane brahmalokeva for that person marane at the time of death or brahmalokeva while being alive and performing meditation suppose knowledge is not taken place then it is quite possible that at the time of death the knowledge may take place suppose it does and if that also does not happen then what brahmalokeva then this person goes to brahmaloka of course it is true that the meditation is very unripe then the person is born in the next life and he continues and then continues and continues meditation has almost become ripe but not quite and suppose one happens to die it is possible that at the time of death on account of this practice which has been there for a long time that maybe the knowledge will take place and if that does not happen then brahmalokeva there another uh important well not important but another thing to be known is the so called brahmaloka brahmaloka is the realm of brahma the creator te brahmaloke tu parandakale పరామృతా పరిముచ్యంది సర్వే సిండింగ్ ఇన్ ద ఈవినింగ్ తే బ్రహ్మలోకేదు పరాంతకాలే పరామృతా పరిముచ్యంది సర్వే దీస్ మెడిటేటర్స్ అపాన్ బ్రహ్మ గో టు బ్రహ్మలోక ఇట్ సేవ్ దేర్ దీన్ నాలెడ్జ్ అండ్ వెన్ ఎట్ ద ఎండ్ ఆఫ్ ది సైకిల్ ఆఫ్ క్రియేషన్ వెన్ బ్రహ్మలోక ఆల్సో మర్జీస్ ఇన్ బ్రహ్మ దెన్ ఆల్ దీస్ పీపుల్ హు ఆర్ ఇన్ బ్రహ్మలోక గెట్ లిబరేటెడ్ దిస్ ఈస్ కాల్ క్రమముక్తి all the liberation in stages so idea is for those who are meditators for them in all likelihood the liberation may take place in stages in as much as after the death that meditator goes to brahmaloka and there he gains his knowledge through brahmaji the creator and at the end of the cycle then he gets liberated this is the so say marane brahmalokeva tattvam vignaya muchare he may know the tattvam of the truth at the time of death brahmalokeva or in brahmaloka he may come to know that but he will be liberated all right so even the upasaka or the meditator also will be liberated in this way and how do you say that maranavasare jnanad muktilave pramanamah here quotes again a verse from bhagavad gita which says that marana avasare if the knowledge takes place even in the time of death muktilabha that one gets liberated so keep on striving keep striving and striving and striving and at the time of death if the knowledge takes place that also is all right all that is important is what is the thought with which you die and that is being said in the verse 137 yam vapismaran bhavam yam yam vapismaran bhavam త్యజత్యంతే కలేవరం త్యజత్యంతే కలేవరం 
तम तमे वैति यच्चित्त तम तमे वैति यच्चित्त तेन याति शास्त्र तेन याति शास्त्र लॉर्ड कृष्ण इन भगवदगीता इन एट्थ चैप्टर यम यम वापस्मरण भाव तेजत्यंदे कलेवरम तम तमे वैदि कांदेय सदा तद्भाव भावित है लॉर्ड कृष्ण अंते एट द टाइम ऑफ डेथ कलेवरम तेजति व्हेन वन गिव्स अप दिस बॉडी एट द टाइम ऑफ डेथ वाइल गिविंग अप दिस बॉडी यम यम वापी भावम स्मरण कलेवरम तेजति अंते so in the time of departing from this body whatever is the bhava or whatever thought obtains in the mind at that time tam tame vaidi kaunteya sada tat bhava bhavitah he kaunte he arjuna one attains that becomes one's destination so whatever good bad or indifferent thought obtains in the mind at the time of departure of the body that in fact determines one's destination what will be my destination that will be determined by what is the last thought but what will be my last thought sada tad bhava bhavitah whatever kind of thought pattern i have entertained for the for my life during my life sada tad bhava bhavitah whatever kind of bhava or the thought i have entertained for the whole of my life that becomes a thought at the time of death also or whatever be the principal thought i have entertained that predominant thought becomes the thought at the time of death and that determines my destiny so if this upasaka or the meditator has always meditated constantly upon nirguna brahma then naturally that becomes the principal thought at the time of death and therefore he then merges into nirguna brahma tam tamay vaiti kaunte sada tad bhav bhavita the idea is therefore we should have our mind focused upon one thing what is it that you are seeking and that this goal should always remain the focus in our mind whatever you are doing you are performing your activities you are studying you are praying anything that you do all the time the focus of the mind should be always upon the goal upon what i am seeking and therefore if the mind is constantly focused that way then naturally that becomes a predominant thought at the time of life in another text called prashnopanishad says yat chittah tenaiva pranamayadi pranastejasayuktah sahatmana yatha sankalpitam lokam nayadi idu vakyaccha ityartah says yat chittah tenaiva pranam ayadi there is an upanishad called प्रश्नोपनिषद उपनिषद डिस्क्राइब छांदोग्य प्रश्नोपनिषद बृहदारण्य दिस उपनिषद टॉक अबाउट डेथ एंड सेज यित्त है वॉट वर बी द थॉट एट टाइम ऑफ डेथ विच इज एज वी सेड द सम टोटल थॉट दैट वन इज एंटरटेन डूरिंग दी लाइफ तेन प्राणमाया दी दिस जीवात्मा द सो अलॉन्ग विद लास्ट थॉट मज इज इन द प्राण ऑफ द वाइटल फोर्स प्राण तेजसायुक्त एंड एट वाइडल फोर्स ऑल मर्जिंग तेजस और द लाइट ऑफ द फायर सो द एलिमेंट फायर इन दिश दैट मर्जिस सह आत्मा यथा संकल्पितम लोकम नयती द फायर ऑल सर्विस उदाहरण वायु सो वी हैव दिस फाइव एक्सप्रेशन ऑफ लाइफ 
the prana, apana, vyana, udana and samana. Prana is the respiratory system, apana is the excretion, the rejection system, vyana is the circulation system, samana is the digestion system, and udana is the, the vayu or the vital force which becomes active when something is to be rejected. And that vital force is said to become active at the time of death. And that udana vayu, that vital force, gathers all the faculties with itself and then takes this soul from one body to its destination. Anyway, what determines the destination? It is determined by what will be that last thought. Along with that, that soul departs from here. Yatha sankalvidam lokam nayati. And whatever will be the world or the realm, sankalvidam, that has been thought of, that realm is attained. Idivakyacha. In short, whatever be the thought at the time of death, that is what determines the destination. And therefore, and what will be that thought? That will be the sum total of the thoughts that one has entertained for the life. And thus, if one has always meditated upon Nirguna Brahman, then that will become the thought and that will become the destination. That topic is continued, the discussion will continue that tomorrow. See, purpose of this discussion also is to clarify many passages from the scriptures. So why does the author take up this thing also? On the side, these discussions are taken up because he wants to clarify several passages obtaining in the other Upanishads as well as other important texts such as Bhagavad Gita. So he weaves this whole material into one, you know, one unit. And in this process, he also explains the meaning of the various statements. And that's how he gives the overall idea of the whole scripture, which consists of the Upanishad, Bhagavad Gita, Brahma Sutra, and many other important texts. That whole scripture is dealt with. And he, he connects everything. He gives the connections between them. He uses, you know, that uh, how each one actually ultimately imparts the same vision. And that consistency of the different scriptures is being shown. At the same time, the meaning of various statements which may not be very clear there, that meaning also is clarified in this context. So that is also the purpose that is achieved by this text, is to make us familiar with or to enable us to understand the meaning of the text of Vedanta. That's why we find these kind of discussions also creeping in, in between. <coughs> Om Purnamadas Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashashyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punah Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Veda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om